Hello and welcome to Escape Pod 20, a podcast series celebrating 20 years of Escape Studios, the UK's premier VFX animation and game art training and teaching institution. Escape Studios is a rookie certified school, Unreal accredited training centre and Houdini certified school, so you know our curriculum is of industry quality. This podcast episode today covers the year 2003, the second year of our 20 years of celebrations. With me today in the Escape Studios boiler room is Dan Shutt, 3D tutor. Hello. And animation tutor, Paul Harrison. Hello. And the reason why we've got these two tutors together is because back in 2003, the very early days of Escape, Paul was a student and Dan Shutt, who is very, very old <laughs> and is still with us doing amazing work, was uh, a 3D tutor. So let's hear from them about how it was back in the heyday of 2003. Paul, what do you remember about joining um, Escape and what were you hoping to get out of it? Uh, it was very different back then. I did an evening course uh, specifically on Maya. And what had happened for me is I'd been working in 2D animation and things had dried up very suddenly. This was the advent of uh, CG animation across the world and suddenly 2D animation companies were disappearing and everyone was talking about learning 3D and most people too nervous to do it. So I bit the bullet and came to escape. Dan, what do you remember about Paul and if you could critique his work at the time? So I remember Paul was, was one of my star students. He, he, he made me look good, actually. I think I, think I probably got hired after you, just, after, <laughs> just from seeing your work at the end of it. So he did a really cool a thing. He, uh, he had uh, an old granny on a, on a um, what they called? One of those scooters. A mobility scooter. Mobility scooter, that's yeah. right. Doing donuts, wasn't she? Yes. Like skidding around. And... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is what I did. <laughs> Things have changed a lot. Well, let's talk about that because that's kind of interesting, especially since a lot of our current students weren't born in that, that era. Let's be, so, and they don't know how it was in those days. So can you tell us any stories about the tech at that time and, and what was current and what was, you know, a flavour of the month? Um, I mean, well, I mean, obviously everybody had kind of moved to Meyer over those last... I mean, I think I... I started in 99 on Maya when it first came out, so yeah. And Maya came on a CD. Yes. Remember? Yeah, yeah. From a CD. Came on a CD, and actually in the first version, they, they I don't, I can't remember if they actually had polygons in the first version. I think we were all nerds. <laughs> anyway. Right? <laughs> they might be right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, things had changed. I mean, weirdly enough, these days, uh, one thing that we, we did much more is just kind of hack stuff together back then. There's much more the Wild West. Everything is much more physically based. You need to understand physics and how everything works and you know, understand why things work in the way that they do. There was a lot less of that back then. We kind of just hacked stuff together and made it work. In- Fudged. Yeah, we fudged it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, as you were saying, I think Maya 5 came out in that year in October, so you know, still very fresh-faced with all, all that stuff. Do you remember anything else about the other technology? Was it easy to access it? And, and can you remember any of the programs or, or stuff that you were using or looking at? Uh, what I remember 
is I chose Maya because it was Mac compatible, which was a, an issue back then, uh, and I happened to have a Mac, so I thought that's why I'm choosing Maya over other software programs, which was a good choice as it happened. Um, I remember out of the box, Maya was so much more basic. It did a fraction of what it does now, and we had to, we were saying we had to install scripts, which Dan came with a pocket full of in our first lesson to yeah. install and for us to use. There was things like side effects had brought Houdini out by then, I, th I think, yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, so was that on your radar? Again, that was 99. Mm. I, I knew of it. Uh, I'd, at that time, all I'd heard was it was just a bit of a nightmare to work with. <laughs> so, <laughs> things have changed there as well. But. but do you remember also, you know, Paul, in terms of places to go to learn Maya, you know, were there lots of places or were we the only I wasn't place? aware of anywhere else, actually, at the time. So I was in Dan's first ever yeah. lesson that he taught. Um, and he appeared. But one thing we were kind of aware of when you started was that you were still working in the industry, which made a difference. Yeah. Uh, and one thing, do you remember this? That when, I, when we finished the course, I cheekily came up to you and said, uh, can I come work with you? To get a bit more experience. Do you remember this? So when I finished my Maya course, uh, Dan was still freelancing and working on things. So I came and oh yeah, of course, yeah, and sat we... around at your place I and got that. and oh, I God. we I worked on a couple of jobs. Yeah. Um, so I extended my education with a bit of work experience with Dan. Well, that's always the escape difference, really. You know, you get to know the tutors and you get to network into the industry. So it sounds like even in those days that that was happening. Yes. So what was your first kind of major job that that you got after being on Dan's course? What did you use that sort of new skills for? Well, the first one was uh, we did something with blood cells. Do you remember that? There yeah, was yeah, that's right. Yes. blood cells. So we're animating blood cells uh, with some viruses in them. Yeah. That's right. uh, I can't remember what for was, and why. I think but it was. Uh, oh no, I can't remember. It was for <laughs> it was it was for Discovery Channel though. I think. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. Then, after that, I actually came back to Escape, and we did one of the first Escape pods, and we worked on a computer game called uh, Tycoon New York. Um, and so they had about a dozen of us in a room working on this game. Um, that was and and that was part of your stellar meteoric rise that we now know of. of and you're back here was, yes. teaching with uh, our animation students. Yeah. Dan, sort of at that time, do you remember being frustrated about what you couldn't do in 3D? Because it does sound mm. still a bit limiting. No, I honestly, every, mm. I mean, the bar sort of is always a little bit out of reach, whatever you do. At the time, we just felt like we were cutting edge and everything was amazing. And, you know, it's, well, we just as we do now, just as we do now, we're still feeling like, oh, wow, this is incredible. The new tech comes and we just kind of, you know, jump in there and play with it. But yeah, there's always that whatever comes afterwards you're sort of, sort of blind to it until until it comes along and then you want to play <laughs> yeah because i'm aware this is only a few years after the millennium of course which was a big deal mm -hmm. everybody's worried about 
planes falling out of the sky when the Millennium Bug hit, and you know, everybody was thinking about the future, and there was VR, the first time round was oh, yeah. big. Were you aware of things like the, the craze for VR and that kind of future-looking kind of stuff about, I don't know, cyborgs and... I mean, Terminator 3 came out that year as well, actually, mm. so were you aware of all that kind of stuff? That... Um, I mean, kind of. I, it wasn't something that I'd got heavily into. I, I mean, I think... I think earlier than that I remember like the big clunky VR systems and things like that so generally I think by that point we'd all realized that VR wasn't working uh, for us <laughs> I spent most of my time in 3d software so you know I think the thing that we were playing with at the time was uh, 4d paint I think was the that was <laughs> that was being able to paint on a mesh was mind blowing. That was something that we <laughs> just had never thought that we'd be able to do. But that was that was kind of thing. So again, there was always you know like these little breadcrumbs of cool stuff that we'd mm. kind of jump in. And that's something I've always loved about working at Escape. Actually, is just the fact that I'm kind of you know, paid to play with toys. My memory of back then too was that animation was big, and it was Toy Story and. Pixar, which was kind of revolutionising animation. So I came to Escape to learn animation, CG animation. I don't think there was that much talk about the VFX industry until that year it was Lord of the Rings came out. And I think that changed things. Suddenly mm. VFX was the buzz. Um, yeah, um, Lord, of the, uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Pirates of the Caribbean... Um, and in terms of, I was going to ask you about animation, Paul. I mean, mm. Finding Nemo came out that year as well. So, do do you have a sense of you know some of the films that you were, and the stuff that you were watching back then when you were students? Yeah, I mean, I certainly. So, like I said, I was working in two D, and we had this sense of Armageddon in the two D industry. And every three D CG film we saw was another nail in the coffin. And so we had mixed feelings going to see things like. Um, Finding Nemo because it was so good that it blew us away, but also thinking, well, this is the end of the world as we know it. We've we've got to start changing, um, and so yeah, that was that was the feeling back then. We had people from every walk of life would come in, and particularly because I I started with the evening classes, so people in evening classes tend to be much more varied, you know, different ages and things like that. Some of them were at work. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of them who have gone on, um, obviously, Paul. <laughs> um, I, there's a few, I, actually quite a lot of my studio assistants went on to do great things as well, working in kind of, you know, becoming heads of departments and things like that. Um, yeah, Mark Pascoe, I remember. He, uh, yeah, he he not only kind of did the same as you actually he it, like we we also worked together afterwards so he was uh yeah taught him at one point then he became a studio assistant and then uh then we worked together and then he went off and did great things at rushes and lots of other companies after that mm. and paul what about you do you remember any of the other students and what they're doing now uh i do remember so someone else i don't know if i should mention names but uh, there was someone else in our class who was an animation director from one of the companies that I'd worked for and so he was trying to make the crossover but uh, he was very accomplished as a 2D animation director and he didn't make the crossover very well I think he found it 
frustrating. So he, I know he's still directing in 2D animation. And I think there's a few people like that that dabbled and then found it wasn't for them. Now, can you, re- if you can cast your mind back, can you remember anything about London at that time, where you'd go, what was happening, you know, what did you do, who did you hang out with, who was, you know, whether you had any famous mates or whatever? Uh, let's ask Paul first, because he's looking the most curious. So. <laughs> uh, what I remember is, so at Westbourne Grove, um, we shared the studio with... Oh, uh, Jamie Hewlett. Jamie Hewlett. Yeah. And so there was lots of... but And interesting, so he moved to... Um, Shepherd's Bush. Shepherd's Bush as well. So he was in the basement there. So, yeah, so we've kind of... Yeah. And I used to see him every now and then and try and strike up a conversation. I, I remember managed. accidentally hitting him with a pool ball in the, uh, <laughs> in the bar once. <laughs> He's probably still got the scars to prove it, hasn't he? Yeah. So that's um, Jamie Hewlett of uh, Tank Girl and... Uh, gorillas. gorillas yes. And, yeah, so we were all a bit awestruck by mm, him. And yeah. So sharing a building with mm, him yeah, seemed yeah. to be, like, big time for us. Uh, and did you get any sort of guests in back in those days, you know, from the industry? Um... Not so much, actually, mm. not back then. Because there wasn't no, so much no. of an industry. We, yeah, there wasn't, no. you know, yeah. we were a very small, like, little outfit, really, so... Yeah. yeah. I, I think even some of the big companies nowadays weren't that big back then, were yeah. they? Even yeah, Dunnick was small and... Um, yeah, can you remember any of those companies by name? That I mean, I, I remember back then, I, I'm pretty sure MPC was quite, a, like, almost a boutique Kind of, I mean, obviously, yeah. it was still quite big, but like mm. compared to what it is now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the same, a, a lot of the same kind of names that crop up now, you know, were back then, things like Glassworks and things like that. But, mm. um, but yeah, they haven't really, haven't really hugely changed. Some have disappeared, you know. Um, I used to work for 422 back in the day, they were huge, then they disappeared. Mm. You know, so. <laughs> and Paul, I think you mentioned Silver Fox as being one of the co- companies you. Were... I didn't. Dan did. Oh, I, yeah, I mentioned. Yeah. I mentioned Till Imagination as one of the companies. Till Imagination. They vanished. So, were there any cafes, bars that were popular? Yeah, so, I mean, the industry was still based in Soho, and Soho. I think Soho was different back then. It was. Mm. It was a. Yeah. It. It wasn't as crowded. It wasn't as touristy, mm. and it was a place with cafes on the corner that you'd... Yeah. Uh, and there were certain... What I remember is certain pubs that were hangouts for certain parts of the industry. The Blue mm-hmm. Poles was 2D animation. Blue Posts. Blue Posts, yes. Um, and there was, yeah. And so I knew people who, when they were freelancing for a job, they would know which pub to go into and hang out. I don't think that's still the case. Yeah, I don't know actually. I know that there are like certain certain pubs, mostly close to the facilities, where where they all pile out on a Friday. So mm. there's still, but I don't know how much schmoozing is done. It's much more as as far as getting a job in the industry. Again, we were a little bit more wild west back then. Yeah. Um, these days, you know, if you're if you're looking for work, you kind of you know go through the correct channels and things like that. I remember your advice to me when we finished the course was to Bob go people bother people go and knock on doors <laughs> yes. like you said turn up because we, we had showreels on a CD back then and he said turn up with a stack of them and slap them on the yeah. reception desk and I did that uh, <laughs> and I really don't think that would work you, now. You're, Se- you're security would out immediately <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> That'd be a really nice retro thing to do these days, wouldn't it? Look at the CD slap yeah. on the desk. No one's got a CD drive. <laughs> or a Cyquest disc, if you remember those back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Come, come, yeah. though, there must be some embarrassing story you can tell about Paul. Um, not about Paul, no. <laughs> no, I mean, there's some interesting stories, interesting things that happened at Westbourne Park. It was that the, the building we were in was kind of, apart from being uh, kind of a studio for a lot of different places, they used to have, like, nights on there and I remember once yeah. there was a uh, American wrestling outfit that <laughs> kind of yeah they, they, they were downstairs saw them setting up while you know when we went up for the, for the class and then I remember hearing something outside and then apparently all these American wrestlers sort of like poured out of the uh, back and started like beating each other up in the street and we saw <laughs> Sort of stopped class for a second to look out the window. And go, what the hell is happening? <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of randomness happened. <laughs> and that sounds like a good theme for an animation, actually. True, yeah, inspiration. <laughs> this has been amazing to hear about that previous era, and uh, it's great to see you. You're back together, almost like a, a, a double act here at um, Escape. And uh, I know the students really appreciate your perspective and your experience and your knowledge of the industry and it shows through today as well. So and that's where we'll leave it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Paul Harrison, Dan Shutt, Escape Tutors, thank you. And that was 2003. Thank you. See you again, folks. Bye-bye. Goodbye.